Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Playoffs are back in full force, and Kevin has an NFL draft strategy just crazy enough to work. The guys talk about building your brand, sailing with Theseus, and Kendrick Lamar's newest award and the controversy around it. It's good to be back this week on Just Press. How many losing seasons does Tom Brady have to have before you can fire him? Well, he's got to have one. He's got to win the MVP. Yeah, he's great. What I'm just saying, like, it's not an unnecessary roughness. It was a completely necessary roughness. <laughs> I mean, it's a good point. I mean, the man, the man rushed for 170 yards is what he got credit for, but he, he walked and ran a total of, like, 300 yards. <laughs> the man As soon as it came out of my face, I knew how dumb that was. So here we are again. It's another week, and we are back. All three. What? what? We got Pops and L. He's back in the building. <laughs> After taking what? a sabbatical, he's back. He's back with the podcast. So, L, why don't you why don't you kick it off for us? What you got? A best of the week? Let's do it with our best and worst. Uh, I've been working with a lot of kids doing Les Mis, and I uh, have been just kind of training them to do my job for me, and they have just run away with it, and they're super excited about it, and. I don't know. It feels good to be a bit of an educator. So that's probably my best of the week. There's a lot of a lot of news with you mentioned educators. A lot of teachers are starting to try to earn their earn get their cash. I kind of have you seen all that? Hey, I have teachers and nurses. Man, need to get paid more. Oh, I mean that's just I a fact of life. Totally agree. And every time I saw like one person the other day, I heard mention like, oh my gosh, now the teachers in Arizona are trying to go on strike. I was like, whoa, 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 hold up. No, every the the amount of teachers that are underpaid is every single one that is a teacher. Because it, I had some teachers that were better than others. I've got to say, so well, true that that's true. Not (laughs) Not every every teacher's underpaid. There there might be a few that are arguable. Um, (laughs) A lot of most teachers are underpaid. Most, I'll go with that. (laughs) You're right. You're right. Some dramatically (laughs) underpaid, but anyway. Anyway. Uh, Well, Dad, how about you? Go ahead. Um, I guess I think my best this uh, last week would be, and I hadn't got to watch a lot of playoff basketball, but I've been trying to on purpose catch Philly. And Joel Embiid came back that first game. uh, Yeah. uh, First game he came back. The the masked man. The masked man had put up, what, 27, 8, and 5 or something. I mean, first game in the playoffs. And you know that's another level. Uh, Embiid is a beast, I think. I think Philly has got to – we may get on – Philly might be the favorite in the East now to me, but – You know what? what is amazing to me watching them is they are really young, but they don't act it. Like with Ben Simmons and Embiid, they, they don't look like – like sometimes you see these young guys and, and they know they're kind of young and they're, they know they're – like you can kind of tell they're – they know the throne's not theirs yet. They're still chipping away at it. Simmons and Embiid right, play right. like – they are the stars. Yeah, like it's the, it's their it's yeah. their championship to go win almost, and that's just 
you don't see that out of guys who are both, like you said, ma- making their playoff debuts this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's right. like their time. They feel like, it's, hey, let's, why not? Why not us? Also yeah, in that series, sure. old Dwayne Wade has turned the clock back, Father Prime or something here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. He went toe-to-toe with him in the fourth. Also, I love in that series that it's getting chippy. Justice Winslow had the bloody face the other day. I mean, it, I like seeing some physical basketball. It's it's fun to see. Yeah, I like to see them want it. Yeah, they do. Uh, for my best of the week, I'm going to kind of uh, – Stay on. Stay with what you're going with, Dad. Some NBA playoffs and Anthony Davis and crew, and what the Pelicans did to the Trailblazers was amazing. I mean, they they swept the Trailblazers. Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday in the final game went for 47 and 41 separately. 80, I think 88 combined. They shot like 66 percent in the game four. It was interesting. So I saw that Dave in that final game, Davis scored. 47, had 11 rebounds and three blocks. It was the first time that someone's recorded those kind of numbers since 1987 when your boy, Hakeem yes. dropped. Uh, you might remember the game, actually. Look, so Hakeem Olajuwon did it in a double overtime loss to the Sonics in 87 mm. where he put up 49 points, 25 rebounds, and six blocks. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Hakeem is my all-time favorite center, all-time all time. Just loved him. But but while you're on the Pelicans, who's their point guard? Well, that's who I was going to mention. Okay, Drew Hot. Well, their point guard's Rondo. That's who and I... playoff Rondo is is in full force right now. Well, and Rondo is one of the most infuriating guys to me in the NBA because when he wants to play, he's about as good as anybody. But he can decide yeah. just not to play sometimes. And he did it with the Mavericks. He kind of hurt That's the Mavericks. What's, uh, yeah, we, he, we traded, the Mavericks traded for him, and he thought, wow, we got a point guard. And he just he checked out. He just he checked, checked out. out. And that upset me. And do you see what he's I, – they're a team to be reckoned with, uh, with, with, with well, what Holiday's doing at the two. Moving Drew Holiday – well, that's what I was going to point out is – so in the four games – Davis averaged 33, 12, and 3, shooting 57%. So Anthony Davis is – he's making a name for himself right there with the top of the top. He already was kind of right there, but he's putting himself in the LeBron-Durant argument now. But Drew Holiday yeah. averaged 28-7 on 57% shooting and then held – he was guarding Damian Lillard on the other end and held Lillard to 18 points per game and 35% shooting, which is down from his – 27 points per game in the regular season. Well, part of the deal is, right, Anthony Davis, you can't hardly pick and roll him because he can he can go. He can guard a he guard. He switches on your guard, and he guards him just as well as the guard, <laughs> if not better than the guard yeah. was guarding him. So you can't switch him up, and there's nobody that you can put on him to stop him. I, uh, Anthony Davis is, I think, in the top three or four players, and I'd put him beat top five. He's top five, and I'd put him in beat up there if he can keep this up. Well, that's what the thing Davis and Embiid, and we can we we can pause some of the basketball talking. Sorry, finish yeah. off with what we are. No, I, I, all you got to do is start me up, and I'm I'm in it. But with with Embiid and Davis both, you just if they can stay healthy, man. I don't know if we've seen guys like them in a long time. That's what's so cool to me is they keep bringing up all these different stats where, and it's because of Embiid and. And Davis, where they drop these amazing games, They're like first player, and it seems like it's always first player to do that since. And Hakeem Olajuwon, the name pop up over and over and over yeah. again. And I know you've you've preached to me that he's your favorite player, mm. and I just never saw him play really. And a, the dude must have been a monster. Uh, he was well. He was just he was that six yeah. foot eleven guy that could run the floor. 
He had the, you know, the dream shake. I mean, he wasn't going to shoot threes. He wasn't a perimeter, but he was going to hit that mid-range shot and he's going to rebound everything. And I, he was, and he Honestly, played with passion, with a lot of passion. What's funny is if you put yeah. if you dropped him in today's game, he would, he probably would shoot threes. I bet he could have. He just, back then, big men didn't practice it. Right. I bet he could. Now, Anthony Davis has grown up shooting threes since he was in fifth grade because that's just how the game's changed. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. But we'll pause, we'll pause some of that basketball talk and let's go into worst of the week. So, LJ, you, you got a worst of the well, week? Well, you know, I leave the show for a week and we have to listen to like, Three minutes of dad walking the dog and Kevin's alarms going off. Well, you could tell <laughs> so. we might not have lost quality in the things said, but the quality of our show in general definitely dropped. Away. Yeah, took a steep decline. Although I, I want to throw out too, though, having having been Albright on, uh, you know, you kind of found you kind of found a good. Uh, <laughs> avatar for me if, if someone's going to throw out steve atwater and christian yeah, Okoye, okay. they're okay oh, yeah, by my yeah. book so <laughs> yeah well the, the, the knowledge we weren't short on the knowledge it was just the quality of giving right. the knowledge to our <laughs> listeners was it wasn't so, out good. i gotta step in here though you know when he said atwater you know that but that was what made him like football he said that hit Atwater, and Atwater <laughs> yeah. was a great guy. Just by the way, I, I know you guys know, went to college with him, had physics with him, the legit <laughs> class. Yeah. The guy was brilliant. God, where's our yeah. history with Pops drop? We need that right here. He is a great <laughs> guy, and man, he popped Christian Okoye, and a Christian Okoye was not yeah, a little man. I mean, whew, that's no. what was great, and if you haven't heard the uh, Albright interview, that was in our last pod. Again, the quality might not be completely there because LJ wasn't a part of it, but... <laughs> <laughs> but that's he mentioned that yeah because I mentioned safety is kind of what got me into really really liking football and he said him too so I thought oh man there's already connection and then he said Steve Atwater and I was like ah he just won the heart he just All won right. the heart over <laughs> my my fellow co-host here no doubt yeah because LJ loved that I remember that was gosh yeah all right so besides our uh, our dog barking in the background and alarms going off Dad what's your worst of the week. <laughs> Well, and I'm going to be kind of like we've done before, bring it down a little bit. Gosh, I saw that, uh, uh, and we may talk about it, but Aaron Popovich passing away. That was kind of yeah. my worst because I think mm. that Greg Popovich is universally respected, if not beloved, but he is at least respected. And apparently she was a hell of a lady. And uh, uh, that was sad. I don't know. I feel for Man. I feel for Coach Pop, you know, don't even know him personally, but just feel for him and his family. It's tough. Me too. And, you know, and yeah. all death just sucks, man. We lost uh, America's yeah. grandma, Barbara <laughs> Bush. Yeah, that one was tough. I mean, yeah. just, Barbara Bush yeah. was a classy lady. She was rest in peace. Yeah, mm-hmm. true that. It was it was really cool. I saw at the at Barbara Bush's funeral, uh, Barack Obama was there as well as some other former presidents. The Bushes were obviously there. Uh, our current president wasn't there, but that's neither here nor there. But his wife was there, and there was a picture of Barack Obama and Miss Trump talking, and they were laughing and having a conversation. It was just really cool to see. Regardless of your stance, I thought it was cool to see that Barack Obama was able and her were able to have a conversation and laugh when obviously they don't see eye to eye on everything. Yeah. But yeah, or anything. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I yeah, Barbara Bush is. Death was tough, and then Aaron yeah. but or Aaron Bobovich, and then Avicii, the the DJ that puts out yep. really good music. He passed away, I think, two days ago. Oh, and Vern Troyer yesterday. Yeah, and the, Carl Castle like a week ago. Yeah, screw death. Yeah, 
Screw dead. Ooh, okay. <laughs> let's, let's get your worst out of the way and go. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. Right, so my worst of the week, it's it's a little, it, we're, we're, we're taking a little lighter, but just basically my worst of the week is groceries. Did y'all see, <laughs> did you guys see that? <laughs> okay. So uh, E. coli broke out uh, about three weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, and the CDC has been, have okay. been searching for a cause in E. coli outbreaks. And they decided about, I think on last weekend, they put out a warning that said all chopped romaine lettuce from the Arizona region, from Yuma, needs to be thrown out. It, it could have E. coli in it, which apparently, I didn't know wow. this until now, but apparently uh, that area, the Arizona region is where like all romaine lettuce in the U.S. comes from. Wow. And then Friday, the CDC came out again and said... Also, it's not just the chopped romaine and the, the the lettuce that's in your in your mixed veggies. Like they said, all romaine lettuce needs to be thrown out unless you can one hundred percent confirm that it was not grown in that Arizona region. So basically, if you don't grow wow. your own romaine lettuce, get it the hell out your fridge because <laughs> <Yeah, right. Okay. laughs> E. coli ain't nothing to play with. No. And then no. on top of that, the reason I say groceries in general is because uh, like ten days ago. Over 200 million eggs were recalled because the USDA reported that inspectors found dozens of rodents and dirty equipment and poor worker hygiene at an Indiana egg plant. That's like the biggest egg plant in the world that produces 2.3 million eggs a day with over 303 million eggs. I mean, hens. Wow. Is so, it just me or I mean, like I can see an egg going bad or getting E. coli in meat or something, but... Romaine lettuce, you just rinse off and eat. It's you know what I mean. It just doesn't seem that's not a food I would think of. Well, that. I would I would get it out your fridge. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to eat it. I'm not going to try it or anything. But anyway, just find that weird. I know. So it, in general, I just thought, man, groceries. It's it's a t- it's a tough week for groceries this week. So <laughs> that's what I decided to go with for my worst. Okay. So with that being said, let's get the show going. All right. So. We hit on some basketball talk in the best and worst, so let's uh, let's let's move right along. I, Dad, I'm sure you've seen it. LJ, I don't know how much you've been watching, but Kawhi Leonard has been a no show throughout the playoffs. He, he hasn't even been on the bench, like a literal no show. Well, yeah, pretty much. He yeah, huh? He got hurt so earlier in the season. I'll, I'll try to. I'll just explain real quick for yeah. What's his injury, Kev? Um, he it's a degenerative degenerative tendon in his quadris and his quads or something it's something that connects to the knee but so he 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 hurt the tendon and he missed he missed some games and he was questionable coming into the season and then towards yeah. probably i don't know maybe 15 20 games in he came back and came back and started playing he played nine games for the spurs not playing any back-to-backs but he played some games and going 20 to 30 minutes and then he re-aggravated his injury so he he then yeah. was sidelined again, and since the Spurs have not seen he he then he went to New York and he's been working out with his doctors and there there are Spurs doctors there with him as well, kind of monitoring the situation. But yeah. he got cleared to play by Spurs doctors about two months ago, a while ago, yeah, yeah. two 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 and a half months ago, and then it was it was a weird thing, like so. Player people asked, and it wasn't that weird. Like Pop was just like, "Oh, Kawhi, he's been cleared by the doctors, but he's still doing some rehab." We'll 
we'll let you know when we know something more. Because Popovich is kind of in that Bill Belichick thing where he doesn't tell you anything. So you just thought, oh, Popovich isn't telling us. And Kawhi Leonard doesn't say a word. You never hear from Kawhi Leonard. Never. Never. Yeah. And it goes on. And then a month goes, and you're like, this is weird. Like, where is Kawhi Leonard? The Spurs are good, but they're not a contender without their MVP candidate. So where is he? And Tony Parker and Ginobili both came out. They had a players meeting about a month before the playoffs started. And Ginobili came out and said, we're playing. Kawhi's not coming back. We're just playing the season as if there's no Kawhi and we're getting ready for our playoff run. Basically a veteran move. Yeah. Just kind of telling the young guys like, stop waiting on this MVP to come back. As far as we know, he ain't. Who said Ginobili. Who said that, Kevin? Ginobili said Ginobili. That. Okay. And then Tony Parker came out and said, I've had that same injury and it doesn't take that long. Like he basically called Kawhi out and said, I've had the same injury. It doesn't take that long. He should be healthy. I don't understand the situation. And he still hasn't come back. And then the playoffs started and he wasn't even on the like, okay, you're not playing, but he wasn't even in on the bench or behind the bench in a suit. He hasn't even he's not even in San Antonio at all. Not with the team. He's not with them at all. And they asked Popovich about it. And Popovich said, uh, you have to ask Kawhi's group. And they've asked him who his group is. Popovich doesn't even know who his group is. They just said, basically, they what the Spurs are saying is we don't have a clue what he's doing. He's He says he's not ready. We've cleared him. And it's a weird situation. I, I just, at first, it, it bothered me because I thought, why not be with your team? But this all goes back to the NBA is a business. And you, we just saw what happened to Isaiah Thomas last year. When he rushed yeah. back to play for the Celtics and he messed up his hip and he had surgery. And now the guy that was going to get a max deal, he was going to get that 200 super max deal, $200 million deal. And now he's hoping he can get a decent deal. So if you're Kawhi. Are you talking about Isaiah now? Yeah, Isaiah Thomas yeah, okay, is just yeah. hoping to make something when before. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? I'll let you go, Dad. Well, so where is Kawhi? Kawhi is in, I New think, York. the last year. Oh, oh, uh, yes. No, but he's in the last year of a contract. Well, he's next year will be his last year. So this offseason. Next year will be his last year. This offseason, the Spurs okay. probably will offer him a max deal. So, but uh, if I looked up right, he's making an average of 18 8 a year, guaranteed. Right. He had a five year, $94 million, fully guaranteed. So he's mm-hmm. getting paid right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think if I was him seeing what happened to Isaiah Thomas, you make sure you're well. And and probably it's kind of rough to come back at this point in the season. I think he – I don't know. I wish he would have been back, but now there, it makes no sense. And he should sit out. And and you're right. So he's going to go from 18.8. What's that? Supermax is about $40 million a year. It's a five-year, so, $200 million contract. So Can anybody offer that to Kawhi except – the Spurs? Not unless the Spurs trade him, which if now people are wondering if he's trying to get out of the Spurs, and that's why he hasn't showed up even on the bench or anything. Well, word is what his brother or cousin or somebody his said that he can't, is he can't build these. his brand in, in San Antonio, well, which is true, but what is Kawhi's brand? It's it's He's quiet. He's not that guy. Well, this is, this is coming after he got an offer from Jordan brand to, to be – to be a part of their shoe deal. And his offer was, I don't know the exact number, but it was $10 million less than what Westbrook and Kyrie Irving got for their respective deals. Westbrook's on Jordan, Irving's with Nike. And Kawhi Leonard is up there, if not better than those two players, just as an NBA player. 
And so his uncle's saying, you're not even getting offers that these guys are getting because you're in San Antonio, when part of it is also Kawhi Leonard is literally emotionless. He doesn't, like, there's, it's hard to attach to him because he doesn't, (laughs) it's just something about a guy that wears their emotion, like, at least gets excited when things are good. Kawhi Leonard doesn't have any ups or downs. He seems like the perfect Spurs player. Exactly. Yes. He does. Well, why can't you make a brand in San Antonio, right? Like it's I think you it can. just hasn't been done because it's all quiet players. Right. It's Tim one Duncan of the top 10 cities in the US, right? Tim Duncan didn't want a brand. Tim Duncan wanted to play Spurs yeah. basketball, like clearly. Right, right. Cuz even since he's left the Spurs, he still doesn't talk. He doesn't do anything. Like it's not that the Spurs tried to shut him up. He just didn't want yeah. to. And it's not like San Antonio doesn't care. I mean, it's a passionate city that loves the Spurs. Right. I think loves Kawhi Leonard. I mean, I think he is universally yeah. beloved there because he is he fits that Tim uh, Duncan mold. He's not loud. He's not uh, gregarious. He's he he's quiet and does his job. And I'd say he's in the top ten. He's in the top ten NBA yeah. players right now. Well, I, maybe higher than top. Well, before this injury, maybe. he was he was right there in the MVP vote. He was in the top yeah. three to five. I mean, he we, and we don't know that. That's the thing with this this injury is interesting to me is it's one of those it kind of is like the jones fracture you can get in a foot like durant had where you really can't determine where it's at like pain doesn't really you can't gauge pain because one day you're fine and the next day it starts hurting and it's a tendon so if it if it pops it pops like blake griffin had the same injury in the 2016 season he missed the majority of the regular season and came back for the playoffs with this injury and then ended up re-aggravating and missed the rest of the playoffs. It's arguable that Blake Griffin has not been the same athletically since then. He's not the same high flyer. He's still good, but he's not the same guy that is flying and running up and down the court that he was. So if you're Kawhi Leonard and $200 $200 million, what really fascinates me on all this is the fact that as fan, like at the universal, like, if you go on social media and just as fans, which this counts for what it's worth, but no one is really against, everyone's taking Kawhi aside against the Spurs. And it's because Kawhi doesn't talk at all. Yeah. It, I'll tell you what, though, I'm about to take the Spurs side against Kawhi. It's like he, he owes them some explanation. Something. something. I mean, quit. I'm, I'm either I'm ready to move on. I'm, and I mean, he needs to go meet with Coach Pop. And and what is what's the guy? What's uh, the owner? Uh, R. Roger R. C. Buford. R. C. Um, Buford. He the, he needs to go meet with him and and let his intentions be known. I think. So I, I think I think you're yeah. going to see Groundswell start going the other way. Kawhi owes them some explanation, and he owes it sooner rather than later. And it could be an issue of it's one of those things. It, it could be a head thing at this point where. Until he really feels he's healthy, it, he can't be himself. And I get what you're saying, Dad. You mentioned earlier, now's not really the, especially on injury that could get re-aggravated, now's not the time to come back because this is where you're playing. This is full tilt boogie time, as, mm-hmm. no doubt. as uh, yeah. Chad Morris at Arkansas would say. This is, I mean, you're going 40 minutes, you're going hard. And if you have a possible lingering injury, this isn't the time. You need to get eased back in. Right. So you I don't shake that, the rust off in the playoffs. You know? <laughs> so come back, come out and say, or at least tell, you don't even have to say it publicly, just at least tell Popovich or, or R.C. Buford, like you're saying, like, I just am not ready. I'm sorry. But clear, Popovich has made it clear that I don't have an answer for you. There's no point in asking me because I don't know. If you want an answer, well, 
talk to Kawhi and his group. And, and if know. he would talk, if he would have talked to Pop, I think Pop would say, you know, me and Kawhi, we're talking. It, it's okay. Everybody just needs to chill. I, I think Popovich would step up and say that. What he's saying means. He has not talked to Kawhi Leonard and his people. So anyway, yeah. probably enough on that. But I, Kawhi, it's about time for Kawhi to step up and do something, say something. Well, and it all—it seems like it yeah. all stems from an uncle has decided that he's going to be the agent and not let the agent be the agent. And LJ, it—it it seems like for the most part, I know agents do some screwy things, but for the most part, when a family decides to take over that, or when you decide personally to take over that, it doesn't work out that well. Isn't there another? person in recent past that had that issue well so richie incognito's got some stuff going on is that is that what you're alluding to the 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 guard right yeah the guard yeah yeah the guard at uh at right well, yeah and famous like his his most recent news besides this is the the jonathan martin and him business but so he was bullying there's a him. lot of questions about what's going on in richie incognito's head at any given time but uh his behavior has been ridiculous over the past like month-ish he uh he he fired his agent on Twitter. Yeah. Um and then he retired immediately on Twitter, I think also. And then yeah, on Twitter. He yeah. came back yeah. and then asked Buffalo to let go of his contract. Well then did I I in the meantime, didn't I see that uh uh who's the running back there? LeSean uh, McCoy. Yeah, Shady. LeSean McCoy offered him like three hundred thousand. <laughs> If he would come back and he asked him, he tweeted he, and he says, like, straight cash, homie, this is my favorite white boy or something like that. So he's 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 loved, I guess, is what he but it's weird. It's weird. But I think it's anyway, LaShawn McCoy, well, LJ, is, he's his favorite white boy. There is a there's a theory that um, he OK, he doesn't like playing in Buffalo or he he didn't feel it, whatever. Went to his agent in the bandwagon. He, he went to his agent and said, hey, can I uh, can I retire and join a new team like Marshawn Lynch did? And his agent was like, well, no, that's not that's not how that went down. And he's like, you don't want to help me out. And then they were like, no, that's just not how the NFL works. And he said, OK, you're fired. And then he decided to do it himself without any help. And uh, then realized that being on the last year of his contract, he was probably going to have to owe Buffalo money by retiring in the first place. So he had to come back and play for Buffalo and beg them to drop the contract so he could go on another team. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So. It sounds like he's just so. It's like the agent told him the truth, yeah. but it wasn't what he wanted to hear. Exactly. So he just decided you're lying. Exactly. You from Midland? You from Midland? <laughs> well, but <laughs> so uh, hey, so I read something else I wanted you? to ask you. <laughs> All right. So apparently, Incognito said something about his livers and liver. His not his livers. <laughs> okay, his liver and kidneys. I know which one you have plural. His liver and kidneys <laughs> were shutting down. The stress was killing him. <laughs> he's a big man. Maybe he's got two levers. I don't know. But he, here's what got my attention. He said he just wants to be in the Hall of Fame. Is Richie Incognito a Hall of Famer? No. Is he a Hall of well, Fame I, lineman? I no. just want to be a millionaire. Yeah. I, I would love yeah. to be in the Hall of Fame. Can I, can I be in the NFL Hall of Fame? Can I get one Hall of Fame induction, please? I'd like to order one. I think he's drinking his bathwater. <laughs> well, and, and maybe that's what he's trying to say is like, if, if I just wasn't at Buffalo, maybe I could really uh, sell my brand. Maybe he's trying to pull the Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> but he's too loud and can't do it right. <laughs> um, if they could just, you know, a meeting between Incognito and Kawhi <laughs> Leonard would be not only needs to be televised, but also could be beneficial for both <laughs> to build their brands. 
They could be two people sitting in the same room not being able to communicate with each other <laughs> at all. I mean, oh, man. <laughs> at all. Oh, okay. Before we completely move on from uh, the basketball talk, it was interesting to me. I started thinking about this the other day. So with LeBron James and the Cavaliers, they're down, as of the time we are recording this, they're down 2-1 to the Pacers. They play another game tonight to maybe match up the series or maybe go down 3-1. This is the worst team that I've seen LeBron play with. Like This would be the worst team LeBron made the finals with since that 07 Cavs team when he made it against the Spurs and got swept. Like This team is really okay. garbage. Probably a fair statement, yeah. And I think... I'm 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 really interested to see. I think part of a downfall to LeBron's career has been that he's he's almost too smart and he can tell when his team he knows he starts looking at it and knows okay even with me giving it my all we probably like we're not beating this team and I think that's what makes him different than Jordan is he sees that and he saw that against the Celtics in the first time he left the Cavaliers and you saw him quit. He realized we're just not good enough, and he quit. And that, even when Jordan or Kobe realized, ah, we don't have, we don't have the guns for this gunfight, they still are going to go all out and they're going to go down swinging. Yeah. So he did that against the uh, Celtics when he left the Cavs, and then when he left the Heat, he did it again against the Spurs. They went, they lost four one in the finals. The year Kawhi Leonard, the guy that can't build his brand, actually won a Finals MVP already, and Mm -hmm. he quit on the Heat that year and left. And so. I noticed in the past, the last time last year when he lost to the the Warriors, clearly he realized we don't have we, we're not beating this Warriors team with Durant and Steph Curry and everybody else. Mm-hmm. But he still went out and mm-hmm. played his game and was LeBron and averaged I think like 40, 14 and eight or something insane. Yeah, something insane. So this will be fascinating for me to watch personally, is just to see what he does now. Because I think he can tell now with this being the first round. Because you can, if you watch LeBron, you can tell there's, there's playoff LeBron, there's yeah. first round, second round, and then he amps it up. When it's time for the finals, he amps it up and does his, I'll start really playing defense, I'll start really yeah. rebounding every possession. Mm-hmm. And he does, he puts up his crazy numbers. So I think he's now realized, I'm going to have to be finals LeBron from now until June, just to make it to the finals, in which he's probably going to get beat four one by either the Rockets or the Warriors. If right. they make, he's it. not beating the Rockets or the Warriors. Yeah. So yeah. I want to see. I, I one, I think he's, I think he's out of Cleveland after this year. And two, I want to see does he quit on the team or does he go all out? Because you could see him say, "Let me take my body, let me get a rest, and do what he's done before." But that's so. It's so frustrating when I've watched him and seen him quit, even when I know. Like he knows that my team probably isn't winning it. It's just yeah. so disheartening and so hard to root for a guy that's quit on the team. Okay, and so that's why Jordan for, will forever be better. I mean, Jordan kept coming up against the Detroit Pistons. He kept getting his ass kicked, but he never, ever quit. Yeah. Ever. And and I see I, what you're saying is makes sense. LeBron's saying we can't. And he can't. They don't have the horses well, to beat. Even the Indianapolis, uh, the Indiana Pacers. I think perhaps certainly not Philly. I don't think, and for sure Raptors, not Washington, the, or, or, then, the, or maybe not the Raptors, and then and if, certainly if not Golden State or finals, Houston. Yeah, they're not. They don't have the. There's no way. So while it makes sense, it just Jordan had that heart. He just he never. Well, that's there was what's no funny. Quit. And no. I want to do I want to do a snippet with you sometime, Dad. I've I've been reading this Jordan book. I don't think Jordan would be Jordan in the social media era, but we can get to that all at another time. 
But that is a fair subject. You're right. But he even he mentions in there how I don't think we can beat the I don't think we don't have we can't beat the Pistons with this team. But he still went out and he gave every last ounce of energy he had. And I've watched as we all have, and that's what I've watched it with some buddies. And it's the thing like seeing a guy personally check out before the game's over with. It's hard. It just it puts a little ash, like a little watermark on his career that you've you've seen that happen. Not only once, but we've seen it twice. Yeah. So I'm interested to see if LeBron just goes, you know what? I'm going to go all out. And if we lose in the first round, second round, third round, whatever, whatever, I don't care. But I'm going to do my part. So I'm, I'm interested to see what he does. Yeah, I am too. And I hope he does. I hope he goes balls to the wall and and gives it every. And I want to tell you something else about if I'm sounding like I'm shaming on LeBron. He has handled himself in the world of social media about as well as any athlete or celebrity I've ever seen. He's had very few being, screw ups. Being the I mean, profile he's been on since he was 17 years old. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and he has ups. handled it. He has handled it with integrity. And I, I, I give it up for yeah, that. For sure. LeBron James has been a role model for kids and just handled his business as well as any celebrity we've ever yeah, seen. Ever. No doubt. Well, and that's something. Let's let's we're going to touch on that another time. We're going to talk about LeBron and, and and NBA players now in the social media era, and and a little bit of Michael Jordan. And I, I want to get your opinion on that at some time in the future, Dad. But let's let's move to the right. next topic. Staying in Cleveland, actually. So the NFL draft, guys. We are what less than a week away now. I mean, oh. it's coming. In, oh, in D town, Dad, you're not going, are you? No, I don't. I guess I'm not. <laughs> they were trying to get tickets, and I hadn't heard anything. You, well, I so knew I think you, I would you mentioned know by it, now. but yeah, I would think you'd know by now. So, or maybe they only got a select number of tickets and left me <laughs> maybe out. They didn't I don't get know. For the ticket. <laughs> maybe they. I'm not going. So, I'll put it that way. Well, so the Browns sticking to Cleveland. The Browns have the first and the fourth pick in the draft. Yeah, and I'm here to tell you. Guys, that I think they should probably just they should draft two quarterbacks with those two picks. What okay. say you? I don't. Uh, that's a lot of quarterbacks. <laughs> that's uh, two more than you. That, that's that's one more. Maybe they get one right <laughs> well, though. That's more than that's one more than can play a game. But I guess that is. I mean, you have a backup when the first one fails in Cleveland because that is where quarterbacks go to die. So, <laughs> Dad, I don't do you, know. Do you, I, you know, I well, I. I I was interested to hear, uh, I think it was Albright that was talking about some of the things about uh, Barkley that he didn't like. And I've certainly not watched. His observations were built upon watching Barkley play. I I don't know that, but I mean, it sure puts us, it cast a shadow of doubt. His argument sounded for real. So, I mean, the thought, should they take the best quarterback and then Barkley and have that resolved, maybe, maybe not. I, I don't think they should take two quarterbacks, no. But it'd be interesting. Well, basically, what I, I want to show to you that not only do us three, which it's not surprising that we don't know because what are we, but even the people that get paid millions have no clue what it takes to draft a quarterback that's a franchise oh. guy. Yeah. And so since 1997, we're going to go back 20 years, 52 quarterbacks have been drafted in the first round total in the first round. Okay. Of those, only 21 of them, 40%, have made at least one Pro Bowl. Wow. And of those, only 15 have been what, now you're on my consideration, 
of been a franchise guy, which basically to me means a guy you can build a fran- build a build a team around. And yeah, I'll tell you, two of the guys I left out of there, or three of the guys that were being questioned, would be I didn't put Alex Smith in there since he didn't do it with his first team. Right. I didn't put Cutler in there, and then I didn't put yeah. RG three. Those were the three on the border, and I didn't put those three in. So with that being said, that means mm-hmm. so twenty nine percent of all of the players and all the quarterbacks taken in the first round were franchise guys. So it's hard enough, even if you if you take one, to find one that's a franchise guy. Do it for a living, yeah. So even yeah. in so moving to just the top ten, in the last twenty years there have been thirty quarterbacks taken. Fourteen of those players have been franchise guys and or made a Pro Bowl. That's closer. It's I, th- I think we got to forty seven percent in so, the top ten. Yes. So you're getting closer to 50% mark. So my, my point is now, if you're the Browns, and if, if you think about it, any of those teams that took a quarterback early, if you're the, the, the Jags when they took Gabbert, or if you're taking Ryan Leaf, or if you're taking Sam Bradford and doesn't work out, you, if it doesn't work out, you're probably out of a job in four or five years, especially in today's day and age. If, you don't, if, you, if that quarterback doesn't hit, you're done. So the yeah. Browns should take one at one, take one at four, and the odds are, if we're playing odds, one of those guys hits, and you build well, one of those guys has a high player. percent chance of hitting. It's yeah. the Monty Hall thing, right? I mean, he's got two windows. He's got two okay. windows in the top of four. Okay. So yeah, he's got forty percent plus forty percent, or did you say forty-seven? Forty-seven. I mean, that's so. And then, and then. Whichever one that you decide is not your guy. So you get them in your building. You get to really practice with them. You get to see what they do. Whichever one you decide is not your guy. The next, the thing is, the one downfall in this is the CBA has a deal where you can't trade these rookies taken in the first round until after a year. So they would have to wait until after a year to trade one. So then the jury's kind of out and you kind of see who he is, but still. You see guys like Mike Glennon getting paid $14 million. There would be a market for that fourth round or first, that number one pick that you decided is not yours, and you try to trade him. You can still get maybe a second-round pick or a third-round pick or something, and it's worth, it's worth losing a little bit to go get your franchise guy because we've decided now that it is if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a team to build. That makes sense, but then— Am I starting to a little sway you a little bit? Yeah, no, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. That definitely makes a lot of sense. But but my problem still is that if you've got the one and the four and you're saying, okay, so I make I, I take my chances of, yeah, I've got a 40% chance of getting a, a franchise quarterback versus, or now I've got an 80% chance. That helps a lot, but you still got right. a 20% chance of you losing it. And then on top of that, you're missing out on possibly— you know, picking up picking up a Von Miller to build your defense around. You know, you're wasting two picks on one position, which is that's hefty. Like you can correct, other positions, you can be a lot more sure. The most important position in football, correct? Yeah, yeah, but uh, like, is it more important than everything else? Like, like, is it just like give up give up everything to get a quarterback? I think you've got to have a team for the quarterback, and this that's a place where you can make a potentially really smart pick and pick up somebody that is going to help out today, make that quarterback have a better place to grow up in the league. Um, you know, I so, that's given away a lot to make sure you get the franchise guy. I think, all right, that was serving volley. I think I'm going to go with LJ on this because, I mean, they still got the, the guy from Notre Dame, Deshaun uh, Kaiser? Kaiser. Kaiser, yeah. right? He's still got some trade value. I know it's not 
a lot. But so they take Sam Darnold, right? I think Sam Darnold's probably the uh, collectively number seems one. Seems like that's who I think, but seems, seems like he is moved to Seems yes. like the guy. So you take him and you got him Kaiser still. Um, I, Baker Mayfield is getting his way up the ladder because apparently he's just a hell of a competitor and a leader that people rally around. And there is something to that. Friend of the show, Ben so, Albright likes him. I, so. uh, yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's where I heard some of it, certainly, that I read. There, there's an article about him. Um, he's Baker Mayfield's an interesting guy. Yeah. He's made himself. He's willed himself to be an above-average quarterback and now a Heisman Trophy winner. So, um, I think you do. You take that number one pick. You still got Kaiser. If you're the Browns, I'm talking about if you're the Browns, and then you get that end rusher or if you believe in Barkley or whomever uh, and try to get to – to decent again. It's been a while since Cleveland was decent. They got it. They need more so, help than two quarterbacks. So I'm with LJ on this. That's final answer. <laughs> so I will agree with you that it, say you go, you find your guy. If your guy's Baker Mayfield, if your guy's Rosen, Josh Allen, if Lamar it's Rosen, Jackson, if it's Darnold, whatever it is, you find your guy. And if you get your guy and you go get uh, Chubb to be your your edge edge rusher and you hit on that quarterback and you get the edge rusher wow wow I mean you're talking about you're talking about I mean you're a contender in two years maybe you well, hit on but, a quarterback and an end rusher in a draft you're right you're well, in the that's mix. the thing Chubb that's where the issue comes I think Chubb is I mean regardless he might not be he might not be a all pro best defense best edge rusher in the league but he's going to be solid well and a Bosa can but quarterbacks can make a difference today. Yeah, just, and he can make a difference right now. Yeah. And with quarterbacks, you just don't – like Baker Mayfield might be or he might flame out in a year or two. Like it's it's so hard to tell with him. So, and that's why I'm saying it's the most important position. It's worth putting all your money and putting all your chips in and going for it and seeing what you can get. What do you think about, though, maybe taking to trying to build a team of 54 guys and then trying to g- just go all in on a Kirk Cousins, you know, like go all – like instead of waiting on the draft to see – which 22-year-old you can turn into a franchise quarterback, pick up a franchise quarterback in a bad situation, and yeah, but use those late, draft right? picks to... They missed that opportunity. Well, sure. I'm talking about just, like, in general. Like, not necessarily for that particular well, case, okay. but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But, like, build a team of, of high, uh, high probability success of making sure you get positions that are going to make a difference on your team, and then go out and do the mercenary route. Do the, do the Bronco Super Bowl 50 route. Um, you know, build a huge team and then add Peyton Manning to it. I well, mean, those don't come around every year. That. But that's exactly your with you mentioned Kirk Cousins. That is exactly what the Vikings did. They have built a defense through the draft and Dalvin Cooks, Diggs, Thielen, Rudolph. They've built everything but the quarterback, and then they went and paid the quarterback to come in. So I mean, they've done that route, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. Boy, look at Cleveland, though. If they get Chubb on one side, and what's the guy they got, Simon? Miles Garrett on the other or end? Miles Garrett, okay, yeah, from A&M on the other side. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty stout. Um, yeah. it's That's why I don't think it's – at the end of the day, it's not the right thing to do. You go get two guys that can contribute on your team. Yeah. But – just knowing quarterbacks are the most important. I think it it's worth thinking. I mean, they've already gr- drafted over the past few years. The way yeah. I looked at it is they've they've made all these pit all these trades and they didn't get Wentz and they didn't get Deshaun Watson. Let's throw Deshaun Watson out because I don't know for we saw a glimpse, but we still don't know for we sure. We didn't see that. But right. Wentz, yeah. we've seen that Wentz is a guy you can build a team around. 
Would would we all agree on that? Yeah. So is the guy at uh, L.A. now, right? Uh, golf. At golf. Well, golf, golf. still. Wentz, Wentz for sure, I think. Wentz for sure is a franchise guy to me. I don't know for sure on golf yet. Golf looked good more. last year. Yeah, I guess one more year maybe, but golf looked good last year. But if you're if you're the Browns, would you not? I mean, they probably would trade that first and four to go get Wentz right now. So yeah. if you're saying you trade both of them for a, a, a top quarterback – why not go all in and draft two quarterbacks and one of them, if the numbers go in your in you your make favor, a, a very interesting t- statistical point. Like you really do. That's that's clever. Yeah, I don't think I'd do it, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know if I would do it either. But <laughs> it, it if you hit that because you also it's hard to I'm I, I and in my heart I'm a gambler and yeah. so I see I see I could go get a franchise quarterback and go get Chubb and that's. Yeah, no, I, I just want to do that. I that I just see the possible the potential of that, and I want to go. I want to go reach for it. Yeah, for and, sure. But you you can't win without a quarterback, and that I don't know. That's just interesting. So we'll we'll know by the time we record next week. We'll know what the Browns did, and yep. I don't think it'll be two quarterbacks. But I will be fascinated if they yeah. do it. Oh, if that happens, it will blow my mind. We're gonna. I mean, we're changing the NFL if that happens. Like we're. Too many people listen to us. If the Browns are listening to you and the NFL front office is listening to me, <laughs> I mean, it, we got uh, too much power. Someone, <laughs> we need to we need to get paid more than we get paid for this damn podcast. If that's the case, well, wouldn't be hard to do that. So, <laughs> L, if you you had a topic for us that, what I I really have no idea what it's about. I'm just gonna. Just give you the give you the floor. So all right. Well, there's this paradox called the ship of Theseus. Dad, have you heard of it? I Kevin hasn't. I guess but. no. Uh-uh. Okay, I have not. So the paradox is. Uh, so Theseus is a. a I'm going to feel stupid because it's going to be wrong. But let's say a, a Roman general, right, who sails around in a ship, you know, trying to make sure that the that the land is fine. And so over time, you know, a board here gets some water damage, so they replace that board. And then a nail here gets rusted. So they replace that nail. And over the course of a couple of years, they've replaced the whole ship. Well, essentially, they've replaced every single part of piece by piece, one at a time. Is that still the same ship that he's now sailing on? Or is that a new ship that's just been slowly made into a new ship? All right. I'm hearing a hot dog is a sandwich kind of thing here. But uh, yeah, (laughs) I think it's the same ship because you did it. One piece at a time. I think so. But it's now yep. not any of the same pieces as that original it's, ship. Yeah, it's right. it's all brand new material, but it's it's happened slowly. It, there's never been a time where all the pieces were different until the last one went on. I guess, LJ, I where, guess that's always the case. Do you do you what do you think, LJ? Well, I want to I, I, I wanted to throw out um, another kind of caveat to that. So, Dad, you think that is the same ship. What if we take we've stored all of these parts for the last, say, 10 years and then okay. we rebuild the ship with the old material. Now, which one's the ship? Yeah, of Theseus? Well, it's going to be a shitty ship. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to be a shitty ship. <laughs> it's broken down below. Yeah. Which one is the ship of Theseus? Well, well I mean, I know which ship I'd want to be on. Well, that's um, not the question. Sure. <laughs> the, the ship of Theseus is. The old one and the new one, yeah, that's that's a different ship. If you've replaced, if you've replaced all the pieces, if, if you did it just, one at a time, yeah, they all became a part of the whole. What what part? Am, yeah, of, where's the of switching me point? Me? Well, and so that's no switching point. That's the that's the cool part of this conversation is then you can apply it to the human body because all of our cells 
the thought is right now, except for a few, get replaced every seven to ten years. So that's where I was going. So at what point do you, are you a new person every seven to ten years, or is there something uh, that holds on to the sameness? At at the end of the day, who I will be will be my whole life story. It's going to be me at two years old, me at four years old, me at twelve years old, me at. 50 years old or do you look at those as snapshots of different people that got the thing that's existing now to where it is that is fascinating because i am a different person than what i who i was i mean i'm the same but there's things that 15 year old kevin did that i would not do now and yeah we we evolve and that's what the ship of theseus did then it evolved yeah it it had a it was a it's like it's like a fire it's a living thing yeah it And it'll have a death. Maybe it never has a death because you can keep replacing parts. Well, there's a there's a kind of uh, throw out like one of the one of the philosophers that dealt with this had a thing where he talked about how you can never step in the same river twice um, because the river keeps flowing. And and what you call the little river is essentially a channel for this river to flow. And it's never going to be the same pieces of water that you step through two times in your life. So the little river is the dirt and rock and banks that hold the water channel in. Right. That is what is the little river, I guess. Yeah. Well, and so so um what what Aristotle said about this is that it has to do go. with uh it has to do with a lot of things, but maybe the most important one here is uh it's more function than form. So if this is the ship that Theseus sails around in, then that's what makes it Theseus's ship. It's not based on the material it's made out of. That's just a casing for a job. There's um, a reason these guys get cited for years and years and years. Because <laughs> I agree 100% with that. I do. And there's, uh, mm. so Andrew and I were talking about this and he came up with an interesting, Shout out to uh, Andrew. yeah, he came up with mm-hmm. an interesting way to look at it too, is if you look at a band, um, when does third eye blind become a different band? Third eye blind has got the same lead singer they've had forever. And almost no other part of it is the same. But there is a band made up of former members of Third Eye Blind called XCB. And which one is really Third Eye Blind is the question. And the answer, I think, has to be the soul that drives it. The thesis of the band is Stephen Jenkins. Stephen Jenkins. And so, like, you know, Queen exists now currently, but there's no Freddie Mercury. So it's not it's it's the remade ship, but it doesn't even have Theseus anymore. Okay. Okay. so. Oh. Guns and Roses, Guns and Roses ceased to exist when Slash and and Axl Rose were not on the stage together. Yeah, I think I know that Guns and Roses <laughs> is now Axl Rose owns it or whatever. Sure, but that's but, not the same. So band. I would argue that Third Eye Blind is still Third Eye Blind because Stephen Jenkins is in it. I would argue that Guns and Roses ceased to exist. Well, and it depends on where you put the soul of that band. Like, what is what is the thesis of that band? Was it maybe Slash? Um, and I the think other it was. It, it's like the Rolling Stones. It's Mick Jagger and Keith uh, Keith Richards. Yeah, that Andrew, is the soul. Andrew had a great example of uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, where if you replace the guitar player or the drummer, that's fine. But if you replace Flea or Anthony Kiedis, either one it's of not. them, they're no longer the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And um, and to throw this into um, what what is this? When, when does the Spurs dynasty end? Is it da- Tim Duncan, Tim David Robinson? Or is it when Tony yeah. Parker's the finals MVP, Monty Ginobili's the finals MVP, Kawhi Leonard was the finals MVP, but all that's Popovich and Tim Duncan. That, 
That's where Andrew and went to. Is he was saying, playing and they look like the Rolling Stones. They look like the old band that's still doing their final tour <laughs> with Monty Ginobili and Tony Parker making guest appearances every now and then. That's another thing Andrew was saying is uh, if you look at it's it's sports are almost in a different field because if you look at like the Bulls, they're still the same Bulls, but still yeah. the same fans. But you also reference Jordan's Bulls. You don't like you say it, that is Bulls, a different but entity. Like the, the Kuko yeah. and the Kerr and yeah. the Cartwrights and the Rodman Bulls. Right. I mean, there's different Bulls. Because you got to figure out who the Theseus is. And that's maybe where the, the Patriots problem is right now is who's driving the ship. Mm. Oh, I and love so, this, this full circle. <laughs> Boy, you did bring that back. And you're right. <laughs> who's the Theseus for the Patriots? I don't know. That's I why think the Browns should take but... two quarterbacks is because it's Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, so, anyway. Tom Brady has not said he's coming back yet. Neither has Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers or anyone else, but it's news because <laughs> Tom Brady has to. said it. So, Hey, there's a little trouble in paradise in Foxborough. I, whatever. There is a little trouble in paradise. Who's there. the captain? I don't want to segue com- completely away from LJ's ship at Theseus because that was – I really was digging this conversation. But I do think Tom Brady is saying, Belichick, I'm watching – you draft because Belichick, I think, is going to draft either Lamar Jackson or Josh Rosen. One of them. Hey, so when they didn't, there are so many players. Was it Amendola that was they let everybody about, go? Well, but he when he said Malcolm Butler when he didn't play, I mean that cost us a chance to win, and we didn't get an explanation, and that's wrong. I mean there is a mutiny going on up there. Well, and I don't know why the, Belichick did it, but he cost those guys a freaking Super Bowl. I think. Well, Amendola said what all of us said, like. Okay, I get that maybe he, he he there was a rift, but this is the effing Super Bowl on the line. This isn't a week fourteen game. This is right. the Super Bowl, and it was it, that was the first time we've ever seen a player kind of go not completely buy into the Belichick way and the Patriot way. They kind of well, that was I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, so. but and, LJ the ship of Theseus. I think like Aristotle said, as long as Theseus is the one riding it, it's his ship. We will revisit that in many conversations. I like that. Good. That's good stuff. Good. That just touches on yeah. everything. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Let's get on to, I don't, you may have noticed, I think Dad was getting ready to ask where where the segue came from. So for this week's, what we're listening to, I don't know. I'm sure LJ has too some, and a lot of have, but I've been listening to a lot of Kendrick Lamar because for sure, my man, K-Dot. He's not worried about losing that Grammy to Bruno anymore after he yeah. just won himself a Pulitzer Prize, right. baby. Man, that's just not even a thing people do. Yeah, it's incredible. What are LJ? I mean, you're a music guy. What's what's your thoughts? What's your initial? Well, thoughts I on think that? I think it's interesting because I think that it it really brings into focus what the Pulitzer might be for, and and it really makes you question like why does this award exist? Because if you look at, say, uh, the past like uh, 70 years, you may not find a single person that you recognize. And so it was, I think, initially they were giving the awards to uh, somebody who had some innovation in in creating music, but maybe not necessarily someone that created really interesting or awesome music. Um, And so now they're giving it to a pop artist who also innovates music. So like they've really kind of hit like, the two different aspects of what makes music great and special. And so like, I kind of question as they move forward, which way are they going to push? Are they going to push for musical innovation? Or are they going to push for artistic uh, popularity? Like I, 
but I think it's amazing. I think Kendrick Lamar absolutely deserves it. Dad, you do you have anything? No, other than I want to listen to him a little more. I mean, I've listened to him a little bit. He's he's uh, he's on my radar, but I don't listen to him a lot. But that was incredible. It got my attention. I will will listen to some more Kendrick Lamar because of that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, so. LJ, that you mentioned. Honestly, the only reason I know. I wouldn't know the importance of this award. And when I was, I want to say middle school, maybe high school, I was forced to do like a report on someone. I, I think I drew the card for Pulitzer, the one the na- the one the award's named after. And I did a report on yeah. it. So I realized, oh, I I've know this award is really something important. Like This is a big deal. Yeah. So I've, I always, when I see it, I think, oh, that's a big deal. But then when I saw Kendrick Lamar, it blew my mind. Because it just, yeah. so not only was he, I just thought it was interesting, like you said, it almost seems like a bit of a publicity stunt in a way. Yeah. Because well, I, I mean, this most definitely people my age brings go, attention to the award. I don't think most people my age realize they, they probably see whoever wins the, the Pulitzer, even if they, if, if they see it, it doesn't even get a, a click or a second look. But when they see Kendrick right. won it. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. I love well, Kendrick. And then you Lamar. maybe check out who won the other awards too. And, yeah. uh, you maybe pay more attention to it when it comes out next year because you feel like someone's walking on the same ground as Kendrick is now. And um, I mean, I think it does great things for the award, but it just depends on where they go next. Like, mm-hmm. is this going to just turn into uh, the Grammys part two or is this like, So wait, are y'all suggesting you're, you're suggesting that the fact that Kendrick Lamar got the Pulitzer, I don't know how you say it, Pulitzer, is going to make me more in tune with Kendrick Lamar, make me more listen, and it's making more perhaps young people. I think both because they like Kendrick Lamar. Figure out what is the Pulitzer and maybe give it a little more. Absolutely, uh, it is. Yeah. Okay. That's very. I hadn't thought of it in that aspect. So it has brought notoriety to both. Yeah. To a new audience. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it's yeah, very well, mutually beneficial. Which is, I mean, kind of the point of these awards is you want to uh, establish. People that are doing great work, you want to share them with the world. And then you also want to make sure that your your award is established as something that does have importance and really mean something to the world. Well, so not only is Kendrick, I mean, clearly he's the first rapper to ever, ever win the award since it be expanded to music uh, in 1943. But yeah. he's also the first winner who is first musical winner who is not a classical or jazz musician. Yeah. And Interestingly, and I'll touch on this in just a second, some classical musicians are not not too thrilled about him winning this award. But I want to get to he won the award unanimous, just to, unanimously, but just to illustrate the what the way they described this album is if you're Kendrick Lamar and you hear this, it's gotta like be there's it's the pinnacle of anything he wants to hear. They said it's a virtuosic Song collection unified by its vernacular authenticity and rhythmic dynamism that offers affecting vignettes, capturing the complexity of modern African-American life. Uh, just that is a sentence. If Kendrick yeah. were to hear that is that, I mean, which I'm sure he has, that is that is better than any Grammy, anything he could ever want, because that's exactly what Kendrick does so well that I think you should listen to not, not only this album, any Kendrick album, but he does produce albums to me. I think you need to listen to the whole thing. Yes. So what is this album? What is the name of this particular Damn. album? Damn. Damn. Although okay. technically, I think the he A-M-E. got the award for uh, a, a, just a collection generally. I don't think he necessarily got it for this particular album, but maybe, am I right about that, Kevin, or am I wrong? I thought it was for the album. Okay, well, maybe the it is. collection of this album. 
I, I thought it was his discography is, is such a strong statement, but, but this album is what obviously pushed him over the threshold either way. Something I found, I found very interesting was the, the way the classical music world took to this. Yeah. Tell me about that. Their argument was it's hard for composers to be heard in the classical music genre. Unlike Kendrick, who is heard by tons of people and they're competing not only with those who work in their genre now, but they're working with the dead greats because you see many dead greats still winning awards now. Yeah. And they say they kind of poo-hooed K-Dot's win saying one one composer even called it insulting that Kendrick Lamar were to win the Pulitzer Prize over some of the great classical I mean, I understand why they would think that, but that is such a disappointing stance to take because it also elevates, it elevates your art. If, if the world can say, okay, this is an important award, then the next winner is going to be lifted because of it. Um, It's just like what we mentioned, like people my age that had no idea what this award is realizes, holy cow, this is a very prestigious award. And then next year they might actually take a second look when a classical musician, if they Mm -hmm. win, wins the award. I, I agree. It's just such a almost childish take. If I'm going to win an award, I want it to be an award that considers more than just the narrow field I'm in. I want to be the best of everything. You know, I just, mm-hmm. that's such a that's such a disappointing take by them to. And I'm sure it's not all composers. I know a lot of composers that are um, happy about this, and I know a lot of. I don't know a lot of composers, yeah, I'm but I'm sure, sure that's, like that's taken. A, this like, is the yeah, yeah the vocal minority. I'm sure, but it's that is such a disappointing take on what mm-hmm. I think is a really great thing for music to recognize that um, th- good things have happened since Beethoven. Um, that doesn't bring down the greatness of Beethoven. That just that means that music's still valuable today. And I know I, I prefaced this earlier I, I prefaced earlier that me like i wanted to do a topic with dad and like really flesh out with both of you about the michael jordan and lebron social media but also with this one there are i know the art of out al- not the art of an album but the listening of an album with the way we do playlists nowadays with all our streaming is kind of declining but these artists like kendrick produces albums that are great yeah. but and yeah. they're meant the songs are good but it's meant to listen to from the first track, I mean, if you go back and listen to Section 80, if you go back and listen to Good Kid, Mad City, they're all, to Pimp Butterfly, they're all, you listen to number one to 15. There's- you know, an interesting thing about that, too, with this particular album is it was engineered to also be enjoyable if you listen to it from the last track to the first track. It still tells a story, just a slightly different one. And it's Well, you it's can tell the way they do the rewinding. I, I figured mm-hmm. that makes sense. I can't, now I probably yeah. will do that, but. Yeah. There's playlists on Spotify. Like, it's oh my worth- god, I can't wait to listen to this album. It sounds like, really you know, good. Me yeah, pumped. It's, really it's artistic. Good. So I mean, cool. it's it's not for everybody, but no music's for everybody. That's but it's really smart, really interesting. It's great. Yeah. Well, and I respect. Just I don't have to. You know, I can respect something that doesn't completely appeal to me all the time. Yeah. And I'm just anxious to hear it. So. Yeah. Anyway, it offers affecting list. vignettes capturing the complexity <laughs> of modern African American life. So. Well, and to, a cool to 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 expound on that, and Black Panther um, had him as a as a co music director, and he him and Ludwig Göransson, and I know that I'm butchering that name, but he's one of my favorite sound designers in the world. Um, have come together and made this just beautiful soundtrack that really puts hip hop and African tribal music and uh, and the typical orchestration of superhero music 
and combines them, marries them together in such a way that nothing feels left out, but everything feels powerful. Like it is, it's one of my favorite sound designs that I think I've heard in a long time because it's just, the music is so perfectly combining all of the elements that you know that they wanted to combine. The music on Black Panther? Are you yes. saying like the soundtrack of yeah, Black Panther? Yeah, the soundtrack is done by, okay. I don't, I'm not even going to try his name, but him and Kendrick Lamar. The guy you said? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Did it together. And Dad, yeah. mm-hmm. I wanted to bring up, you've seen the movie, right? You've seen Black Panther? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. before LJ even said that, I thought, man, this that soundtrack, one, I already was, as soon as I saw Kendrick did the soundtrack, I probably was... I was Paying in more attention. to probably like it. I was going to, unless it was bad, I was going to like it either way. But I really liked it. And I didn't know why. I thought some of these sounds they're using in their songs are really cool. Like, because it, it, it's different. I don't know if it's drums, snares, however you call it. But it was just, these sounds were really cool. And it, it's consistent throughout. And it's almost a tribal sound. And when LJ brought up that they made a point to combine the these the superhero soundtracks with the tribal soundtracks of African tribes, and then Kendrick's also throwing in some of his own little stuff. Well, it just and, was and awesome. The other important element is the 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 Superman sound, like the Marvel Universe sound that they've got, where they've got this full orchestration that's like really powerful. But then they also used it in a way that a DJ would use a loop. Like they they took this really beautiful thing and had had flute players playing essentially something that sounded post-produced it they just did some really interesting cool work with it it was amazing well i want i want to say this because i've heard you say something from a sound design uh aspect lj i've seen the movie i liked the movie Mm -hmm. i didn't think it was fantastic but i did like the movie It was certainly above average i didn't notice the soundtrack and and i know you've said when you don't notice the sound engineer is when he is killing it that sound went with the movie if the fact So maybe it went so well. I mean, now I want to go hear it again. I did enjoy the movie. I enjoyed the experience of watching the movie. I couldn't tell you anything about the soundtrack. So is that, did they succeed? Well, it depends on your perspective. It's, I I remember, I mean, I I definitely say that a lot. And I think to the layman watching a show or whatever, um, the sound design should not ever stick out to you because that takes away from the moment. But then for someone that's really paying attention like me, it should become another character. And so I mm-hmm. think what we're saying right now is for me, it was another character in the show and in the movie. And for you, it didn't stand out or take you out of the moment ever. And I just think that means it was successful if it hits both mm. of us in a powerful way. Um, also, just on whether the like I, I want that car chase scene was the most fun I've had watching a car chase since the Bourne movies. I, that, that was, was my, one of my favorite scenes I've ever seen. The fact that the board movies have now got two mentions today <laughs> means that I might have to go back and rewatch one. Oh, man, they're the best. Yeah. I love every single one. Yeah. I but, even like the one that doesn't have uh, Matt. Matt Jeremy Renner. Who's the. Yeah, it's, all, it's still pretty is. decent. It's worth watching. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Matt Damon's the best. Oh, he's born. It's yeah. still pretty good. He is Theseus. He is <laughs> Theseus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So now we're going to move on to the the segment we always into, guys. Let's go ahead and get to what, Dad, what are you listening to this week? All right. I have to just come clean. I, I don't have anything new that I'm listening to. I don't have a new artist. To, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I just have had a busy week. I don't. That's I, I okay. Got a new artist. I didn't want to make one up today. I didn't. Yeah. Just, I mean, I could throw out James Bay's new song. I could. I actually <laughs> like Wild Love a little bit. I could, but I'm not going to I'm, because. You just, I just did. 
<laughs> well, that's, <laughs> that's just, just for free. <laughs> that's just for free. So, you get that just I mean, for hitting just, the button, baby. <laughs> just, I mean, when you hit play, you get that for free. So that's, I guess that's all I've got on that. I mean, this is a little off topic, but that does remind me how uh, I was reading something about music critics and how uh, miserable of a job that is because you get into it because you love music and you love listening to songs. And the sacrifice that you make to have that job is to never listen to a familiar song ever again, because you always have to know the new stuff. So yes. you lose the ability to just, I, I don't care if I need to review it or not. I'm going back and listening to the Eagles today. And so it's funny. I, I it's different a between really a sports guy. Like you, you have to watch the new game. There's no point in watching that old one. Right. But music, but, you want to go back and listen to hotel California every now and then, but you there's can't. some comfort that you just lose just, because you're, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's just what that reminded me of. Is you okay, decided my to take? I'm sticking with it. Comfort <laughs> over um, being the music critic. I think that's awesome. And LJ, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna leave you for last because I know I know the people are waiting here. What LJ is listening <laughs> to? It's been it's been too long, but <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, but yeah. what, what uh, I've oh, been listening to, and I've been listening to some Kendrick, but uh, we'll save that because we're gonna go ahead and put the damn album in our listening to just because. Oh yeah, that'll be uh, yeah, backwards and forwards. There. Yeah, both ways. But what I actually I went back and listened to Chance the Rappers. He was on he was on one of your what you've taught me about and I love him now is the Tiny Desk concerts. But I went back and listened yeah. to Coloring Book. Yeah. His most recent album. And man, yeah. I still love it. I I mean yeah. I just I love him. Everything he does, I just I mean, Chance yeah. is so cool. Well, we taught Kanye earlier. The best right. Kanye song of all time is the one with Chance the Rapper in it. That I mean, on, it's, it's, it's oh in the God. argument. It really is. <laughs> That's actually the first time I was late to the Chance the Rapper uh, bandwagon. And I heard him. I was like, who is that guy? And yeah, I think I got that album because uh, Jake the Snake helped me uh, get it get it for <laughs> it leaked. And so we got the leaked version. And yeah. I heard I was like, whoa, Chance the Rapper is really that good. And <laughs> yeah. Then Coloring yeah. Book came out, which was going to be Chance Three. But anyway, Coloring Book—that's what I've been listening to. Good, good stuff. So it is very good stuff. Long overdue. What has LJ been listening to? Probably a letdown. I'm in guys. a show. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm in a show. So if you want to just once we uh once you check my playlist on the website, it's going to be a lot of lame as music, and we're not none of us are going to be happy about it. Sorry about that, but that's just what I've been listening to. Oh, uh, uh, I mean well, it's good I, music, but man. It's not what it do. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, well guys, I think, I think we've, I don't know if you hear that sound, but that's dad playing with a fidget spinner here, right? right (laughs) As we, as we in the pot. (laughs) No fidget spinners in class, young man. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we are teaching, we're teaching NFL teams how to draft. We're talking about how to build a brand or not build a brand if you're Richie Incognito. (laughs) <laughs> and everything else in between. So for this week, I think we're done with this one, right? We're wrapping up. It feels good to be back on. I this I, yeah. I we could go all day for all I care. I'm telling you, it's good to have L back. It is good to have. It's good, good to, to have, have, you have back. the third yeah. leg of our tripod because we were about to, we were falling. <laughs> we were falling hard. We were gonna put Buddy in for you, but we decided that uh, I think we like you better. Big tree so. fall hard. I did and- hear that call out. By the way, so I'm listening to the beginning of the episode and the first five minutes you talk about how much you guys miss me and then Buddy barks and you talk about how replaceable I am. So I just. <laughs> and, then, and then when we were editing the podcast without you, we, we were like, oh, we need them back. And just people didn't hear us just crying out for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, you were missed. Well, 
I think that's going to do it for this week. As always, you can hit us up on Twitter at JPP Podcast, or you can hit us up on Facebook. We're there on our website at jpppod.com or justpressplaypod.com. And we'll have our, our what we're listening to. We'll have show notes of the show. It's just we're, we're back on track. We're, we're, we're producing a normal normal schedule. No more traveling, at mm-hmm. least for the time being. So mm-hmm. for me, Kev, Pop Hill. Peace. Enjoyed it. Peace. We out. Hit the beach route. So we should talk about my power over the show at some point. Doing both. Like, LJ has the ultimate power because, I mean, he cuts and not cuts whatever he decides and just sends it to me. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to post right. whatever yeah. he sends to me. My man, LJ is really that good. He is Theseus. He is Theseus, okay? But if I yeah, if I just right. like mention this like over and over again...